Alright Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. Thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day, I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. So, today, uh, I think today we're going to cover mostly what the season has been up to this point. Injuries. Um... We touched on it a little bit yesterday. A few more updates today. Some promising updates today. It seems like things are turning in the right direction, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about Burkowski and uh, the season he's had so far, which has been very impressive. And uh, maybe the his teammate, which is to thank for uh, the uptick in play for him. Uh, we're going to go over some uh, power rankings since there's a game tomorrow and... Uh, I, I think I'll do a show tomorrow. Uh, the game is a, a late game where I am on the East Coast, but um, I'm planning on doing a, a show tomorrow um, after the Edmonton game. Um, so because of that, we're going to do the power rankings today. Um, and then we're going to preview that uh, Edmonton Avalanche game for uh, tomorrow night. Uh, but first, like always, throwing out all the social media uh, places that you can follow the show. Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. On Instagram, Locked on Avalanche. On Gmail, Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. And just search Locked on Avalanche on Facebook and join and follow and comment and do all that fun stuff that you can do on social media. Or not fun stuff on social media, depending on how you like social media. Um, so, all right, I'm going to start with two really quick clips, uh, which probably don't mean much listening to listening to them in audio. Um, but I'm going to play them for you and then tell you what they are because you're going to like them. So if you're thinking to yourself, that's just the sound of somebody taking hockey shots, you would be correct. Uh, but the person taking those hockey shots is Captain Gabe Landeskog. Uh, in, on ice, in skates, in somewhat of a uniform, uh, taking wrist shots at an actual goal. Landeskog's on the ice. Get excited. Um, and so that's the first uh, clip I'm going to play, and here's the next one. It's strikingly similar. So now if you're thinking to yourself, that's just another audio clip of someone taking shots on goal, you would be right. But this time it's Miko Rantanen. That's right. 
Miko Rantanen back on the ice, which he has been lately. Um, but two big pieces of the puzzle are on ice, taking shots at a net. Um, can you get excited about this stuff, please? Because we need some players to return and stop going on the injured reserve list. Um, we'll get a little bit more into Miko, but um, just that Gabe Landeskog is on the ice taking shots is a big plus. Um, I stated yesterday that we've kind of been left in the dark uh, with him and and with Wilson about like their injuries, but really what they are, and uh, you know we've been told time frames with Gabe being month to month. I don't even know if they even said that. They just said long term. Um, but the fact that he is on the ice, I know Coach Bednar said yesterday that he would have, uh, you know, the doctor would look at him today and they'd get a better feel for where he was at. If he's on the ice taking wrist shots, um, how is that not a good sign? Clearly it is. So I think he is closer to coming back than we originally anticipated. In the back of my head, I was thinking after like the new year, I was thinking like sometime after Christmas, sometime after new year, we might get him back. But uh, and it's who knows, it still might be that long, you know, just because he's taking shots, that doesn't mean he's going to return next week. He's still got to, you know, see how it feels when he gets hit uh, and all that other and, and get into like kind of practice mode and back into game mode. So it still might be around that time frame, but maybe a couple weeks earlier, maybe mid-December. I'm just throwing that out. I have no no clue, but um, just the fact that he was out there, I was not anticipating it being this early. That's great. Good news. Even better news is Miko Rantanen uh, took part in full practice, wasn't in a red sweater today, was in a gray one, uh, which means he's full go for practice. Um, he, he took some hits, like Coach Bednar said the other day. Um, didn't really seem to affect him too much, but when he was interviewed after practice, uh, this is what he had to say. I'll play his. It's a couple minute clip of his. Um, it's not really a press conference. Just a, the, the interview he did in front of his locker. Um, so we, we got like, teased the other day that he might return Wednesday, and pretty much right in the very beginning, Nico coming straight from his mouth kind of shoots that down. So I'll play that now. All right, so uh, like I said, Miko putting to bed uh, the thought that he will play tomorrow. Yeah, it's, uh, and it's I think that's honest. Why process, you know you've know, been out for this long? Ligament injuries are not Take another couple uh, days. Easy, um, obviously, love to have him back as quick as possible, but he's not feeling right. He's the one that's not feeling right. Obviously, he knows his body better than anybody else. You know, like I said, going up against Edmonton, you'd like to have him there, especially the way yeah, that game went last time. Um, but if he's not 100%, what good is that going to do? You know, why like have him in there you know, you, uh, just as a body against a team that will exploit him if he's not 100%? It's not the easiest, so, easiest yeah, thing, but we're uh, going to have to wait another couple days. This, there, this sport and all this you know, after so the Edmonton game, there's a back-to-back with the Blackhawks. Will he come back on uh, Friday, Saturday? Obviously remains to be seen. But at least shape, these two guys are feel, feel good on the ice. So Miko's coming back sooner. And you could even say Landis yeah, guy's coming back sooner rather than later. 
based on what he uh, what he did today in taking shots on the ice. Very promising. Um, yeah, Eric Johnson. Yeah, obviously, you always hope that it's. Uh, he was also on the ice, so uh, but he was wearing too red today. Non, no contact red. Again, it's just good to see that uh, what could have happened could have been a catastrophe. Yeah, personally well, like to Eric said, Johnson and some serious health issues could have uh, fallen who, on him injuries, so if it had so gone a different way um, and his head kind of went into a, the boards a different way so just that he's back on the ice as quickly as he was uh, is a plus the fact that he's in the red is um, expected so again that's really. three we guys can, we should have back a while, relatively so quickly. Things, especially early um, in the year, you don't want to... So things are starting to turn around. We still have Wilson. Wilson, I, I think we can kind of maybe forget about him for a little while. Calvert seems to be on the mend, like Coach Bednar said the other day. Good days and bad days. That is what it is, but... I don't want to go into like every single person that we have on the injured reserve right now or injured Willie, list because Callie, obviously that could take up the whole show. So the point here is the team, they, hopefully the tide is now turning job, so and we're getting guys back rather than seeing guys go away. Um, now, having said that, going again into uh, the next thing I want to talk about, which was uh, Burkowski, um and not even just him. Um, all of the additions that they've brought on this year um, really are stepping up, him in particular. And we're going to get to him um, and kind of his turnaround season that he's having right now. But first, before we do that, we just have to mention our sponsor, DoorDash. And you can treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On, if you're listening on the go, if you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all uh, all other offers from Door from excuse me from Locked On sponsors at lockedonpodcast.com/offers. So DoorDash.com, download the app, and our listeners get five dollars off their first order of fifteen dollars or more when you enter the promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N. All right, so um, like I said, I want to talk about Burkowski and some of the other additions. There's a fantastic article in The Athletic about Burkowski in particular and how it was Nathan McKinnon who didn't just go up to him and talk to him and just say, I think you need to shoot more. From from what you gather from the article, is like McKinnon broke down his stats, um, and he's kind of a, a hockey nut, as you would expect someone of his caliber to be, and he – Sat down Burkowski and just said, you, you you need to shoot more. It you don't need you know, it's pretty cut and dry. There's nothing there's no uh special plays that we need to put in for you. You have the ability, you need to shoot more. Um the article goes into as most athletic articles do, um pretty good detail about um what Burkowski is doing this year, uh heat maps of like the ice and where he's taking shots, which are, are mainly like in the slot, which is where he his game is the best. Um, but they did simple things like try to get two shots on goal per per period. Um, and that always doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes you get less, sometimes you get more. But just having a goal and something to shoot for, no pun intended, um, can, can just give you a different state of mind. And so far, it's working. Part of the reason 
Burkowski is having such success is it, it could just be a system thing. And uh, Bednar has said that, that, you know, he, he was kind of like the odd man out in Washington. They have so much talent over there that there was just wasn't enough ice time to go around. And, you know, Burkowski was, unfortunately for him, one of the guys that was only getting 10, 11 minutes per night. And he even says, you know, when you when you have that many minutes or that few minutes, yeah, you're expected to do things. You're a professional, and and, and you might be on the third or fourth line, and you're ex- you know what your role is on those lines, but you're just taken out of the game because there's so much time that passes in between uh, your line. But being bumped up to second and now first line, you're getting you know f- an extra four or five minutes for him, sometimes even more than that, which equates to four, five, six, seven, maybe more shifts per game. That's astronomical in in the hockey world. Um, so just been given the opportunity is one. Um, two is confidence. He, he, you know, without saying it, he pretty much lacked confidence um, in not in his ability, obviously he has ability, but just his shot. Um, they kind of in Washington made him play a game that he didn't really play. And Jared Bednar knows his players and it wasn't a mistake that they, they focused on him in the trade to get him. And they knew exactly what they wanted to do with him. Uh, they had to kind of ramp it up a little bit because of all the injuries. Um, but that that's been the best thing for him because now they can play to his strengths. And I talked about that in an episode a couple weeks ago. Or when when Calvert before his injury and they had this new front line with Landeskog and Rantanen being out, now they could play to his strength, which is go on the boards, win a battle, get park yourself in front of the net. They say it all the time: good things happen when you park yourself in front of the net and throw pucks at the net. That's what he's doing, and he's seeing the success rate. Um, he's getting quality shots, just not quantity shots. He's really turned. I hope his career, I mean, I don't want to go that far yet, but obviously his season from last year to this year is completely turned around. Is it solely based on what Nathan McKinnon talked to him about? No, I think it's a a lot of things. But when someone of Nathan McKinnon's skill and ability and caliber comes up to you and says, shoot more, and then you're playing on that line with him, you, you, you don't feel forced to give him the puck. He's come out and told you, shoot. And a lot of these uh, superstars, they want the puck, rightly so. They deserve the puck. They can score. They can do things with the puck. But if he's telling you, go shoot, and when you're playing on my line, go shoot, then I think that just lifts off the weight of I have to force our superstar to get, you know, force the puck to him so he can make things happen. Um, And it's just made a world of difference for him. Um, You know, short of. Uh, obviously McKinnon and Makar. I think Burkowski is your uh, third MVP of the team right now. And, you know, these moves that Joe Sackick has made for the last couple of years, starting with the Duchesne trade um, and then zeroing in on this last offseason, um, you know, with with bringing in Kadri as another big example who's tailed off a little bit. He, he's still a solid player, obviously, but um, – it's it's just it's it's a good time to be an abs fan because these guys are um really taking this this second opportunity 
and running with it. And, and they're doing, they're doing everything that they should be doing when your other superstars go down and you need to step up your game. Sometimes it doesn't go as according to plan. You feel a little bit too much weight on your shoulders, but, um, these guys know their ability. The coach knows their ability and things are looking good right now. Now, like I said, in the first segment, getting these guys back, it's just all coming together, hopefully at the right time for the abs. And once we get at least let's get Landeskog and Rantanen back, Johnson, I think will be back sooner rather than later. And, um, we'll be the best team in the league yet again. Speaking of best teams in the league, uh, like I said, we're going to do some just kind of update everybody on where the Avalanche are in a number of power rankings around uh, the interwebs. I don't know if you should call them power rankings, maybe subjective rankings or opinion rankings, whatever you want to call them. And like I always say, we don't always care about them, but we do care about them. Um, I have a number of them up right here and let's see we'll start with the bleacher report bleacher report they're very simple on theirs they don't really tell you what they were last week which kind of annoys me because i like seeing if uh, your team has moved up or down but right now they have the avalanche at six uh this was released yesterday um so they have them at six not too bad the only teams above them edmonton who obviously they're playing tomorrow tomorrow islanders only at four um Bruins three, Blues two, Capitals one. Uh, we have oh, this one crashed on me. What do we got here? I found some random one at the Buffalo News, who obviously probably leans obviously Sabers. Uh, they have Colorado at number six as well. Um, and they don't really say too much in their rant. CBS Sports. This was released today. They have Colorado last week at seven. This week they have them dropping two spots to number nine. Um, they did this whole thing about what you're thankful for, you know, because we're in the Thanksgiving season. Clearly, they say so, so thankful that Camel Car slipped to number four in 2017. I can't disagree with that. Um, I'm going to save Yahoo for last because I think Yahoo was the one that kind of upset me. Or two weeks ago, because I wasn't here last week when we did this, uh, when they had the Predators ranked above Colorado even after uh, the the Avalanche dismantled the Predators. So I'll save them for last. We'll see where they're at this week with uh, Yahoo. Um, Sports Illustrated. Uh, they start from the bottom up. So let me scroll down here a little bit. They have Colorado at number seven. They had them at number five last week. And they write Camel Carr, who, after the Avs traded Tyson Berry to Toronto, has seamlessly slided into the team's top pairing. Um, obviously something that we all knew here. Uh, NBC, this came out yesterday. They have Colorado at 11. And they, they don't have where they were last week. They state, once Miko Rantanen and Gabriel, Gabriel Landeskog return, they will be back in the top five in a very short period of time. I can't disagree with that. Kale McCarr, meanwhile, looks like he is ready to start running away with the Rookie of the Year race. I don't think he's ready to start running away with the Rookie of the Year race. I think he has run away with it. Um, I think he could stop playing today and not play another minute the rest of the, the season and still be... Uh, the what are they how do they word it rookie of the year race um i don't think there's any doubt there 
Um, and I do agree. Like once they um, once they get those those two top guys back, they're a top five team, no doubt in my mind. Fan sided, fan sided. Let me scroll down here. They have Colorado at number ten. They were ranked sixth last week, so they dropped four spots. Nathan McKinnon, despite what many might think, can only do so much. This team is hurting without Landeskog and Rantanen. Duh. Um, but they're coming back, and everybody's going to be on the Colorado Avalanche bandwagon. All right. Aval- uh, excuse me. Yahoo. Yahoo has our boys at number 10. And last week they were number 9. And the week before that they were 10 again when they had Nashville at 9. So they've kind of kept them around 9 and 10. They don't write anything in their little blurb about why they have them at number 10. But um, I think the consensus is anywhere from 6 to 10 right now. I'm okay with that. Um, And the thing with Colorado is um, they've played uh, almost the fewest amount of games um, between anybody in the league and kind of getting into... Let's see. I'm going to bring up their standings right now. They've played... Well, the Islanders have only played 22 games. A bunch of 24. Avalanche played 23. Lightning have only played 21 games. Wow. Um, Devils are 22. So they're on the lower end. Most teams are in the 25, 26 range. Uh, Flames have played 27. Red Wings have played 26. So, you know, they're playing... They're still up there. They're in the, the like I said, the 6 to 10 range, having... Uh, 28 points with uh, a, a few games in hand. And, and case in point is this very next game against um, the, the um, I'm sorry, I'm looking at something else, the, the Oilers. Uh, Oilers have three games in hand. Or excuse me, the, the Avalanche have three games in hand. They're, they've only played 23 while the Oilers have played 26. So, you know, you have to take that into account too. Like they're still up in these standings. Um, and and are trailing in games played against these teams. Now, we all know what happened the last time Colorado played against uh, Edmonton. Um, It wasn't pretty. For the first period, it was. And then uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl just went off. Um, And now it's in Colorado. So we'll see what happens if we can turn this around. It, It... you know, I'm going to bring up the stats for, or excuse me, the, the, the leaders. And it's pretty much dominated by Dreisaitl and McDavid. Your points leaders, Dreisaitl and McDavid go one and two, 48, 47, respectively. Goal scored, they are two and three. McDavid, 18, Dreisaitl, 16. Assists, they're one and two. Dreisaitl, 32, McDavid, 29. Power play points, they're 1 and 2. McDavid, 21. Dreisaitl, 16. And it just goes on. Um, that's their bread and butter, as these two guys, much like we were last year with our top three. If you can take them out, you can beat the Oilers. In, um, next to impossible to do. Um, it's almost like the Michael Jordan syndrome. You can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. They can't give up another 6-point and 5-point effort to these two or we're going to have a repeat of what happened uh, not so long ago. So uh, we'll see where it goes. I, I think maybe what happened in that last game is the best thing that could have happened uh, because now they won't take them so lightly. I'm not saying they did take them lightly before, but now they're prepared 
maybe a little bit more prepared. Um, but ha- not having Eric Johnson in this game is really going to hurt because obviously you need your defense with these guys. So uh, Callie Rosen got called up. I don't know if he's going to be playing in this game. And again, if he is, throw him to the Wolves and, and see what happens. Uh, that's what happened with Adam Werner after his shutout. Hey, here, go have the Edmonton Oilers. Good luck. And it didn't pan out so well. So we don't have our full team. Um, but like I said before, we've beaten good teams not having a good team. This is a really good team. Um, and it, it, we're going to be tested. Even on home ice, doesn't matter. You're going to be tested. So uh, we'll see where it goes. Let's just hope that, uh, you know, maybe McDavid has an off night. Unlikely. Maybe Dreisaitl has an off night. Unlikely. Maybe they both do. Highly unlikely. Um, but one way or another, they got to figure out how to get a couple points here because uh, losing two in a row, and I know uh, Edmonton has won two in a row. So, got to turn the tide there. So, that's it for today, guys. Enjoy the game tonight if you're listening to this on Wednesday, which you probably are. Um, and if I can stay awake, I'll definitely do a show. But, uh, and if it's a good game, uh, there'd be no reason why I would just fall asleep. So, until then, go Avs, go. And I'll have my daughter say it too for you. Here she is. Go Avs, go.